On this episode, we are covering my personal favorite X-person, Shatterstar. So get ready to become your own biological father because you're listening to a kind of garbage first in cameo podcast. Welcome everyone to First in Cameo. Today we're talking about the grandfather paradox that is Shatterstar. I'm Adam Bishop, and as always, I'm joined by Dan Collins. Is this is this your first like I guess foray into Shatterstar? I guess I guess it is um, my first foray into actually looking at the character or caring about the character or even knowing who the character is. However. I do believe I had one of the old X-Men um, toys from like the 90s that was a Shatterstar. I'm sure it's uh, kicking around somewhere still, but missing probably an arm and a leg. I have all three of his 90s action figures complete sealed in box in my basement storage locker. <laughs> nerd. Oh, big nerd. Yeah. At least I played with them. <laughs> well, I had my original ones that I did play with. These were repurchases over time that from, I think, we went to the, well, I don't think we went together. Did we to the Quinty comic show or the toy show? No, but we ran into each other there. Yes. I was there with uh, Cody, my other co-host from our other like 20,000 podcast. But yeah, we were there <laughs> and we bought a shit ton of action figures. That was probably one of my not favorite shows, but there was a guy there who had like Tupperware bins full of X-Men, X-Force, X-Factor, like just all these Marvel action figures from that time period. And I think they were all like five to 10 bucks because he had all the packs that nobody wanted to buy. He didn't like have Wolverine or Deadpool or like, he didn't have any of the main characters. They were just like packs of like Shatterstar, Cable, Apocalypse and Bishop double packs. So like I bought, I think 30 or $40 worth. I'm like, yes, look at these, look at these. And he's just like, oh, thank God he's buying these. (laughs) Meanwhile, he doesn't realize that these are the harder to find ones because you can get Wolverine anywhere. Oh, that's what's, yeah, like, these are the ones that they did sit on the shelf, and he must have just bought them, and people were looking for their favorite characters. Like I always said, every comic book is somebody's favorite comic book, every character is somebody's favorite character. Case in point, Shatterstar. Uh, Okay, so before we get into Shatterstar, the the comics, why, why is he your favorite? What about him is exciting to you? Well, I have that right in my notes in front of me, which is my first introduction to Shatterstar. (laughs) So this is in the 90s. My brother, I don't know why I was never invited, but my brother and my mom would like go out shopping together when he was little and they would always come back and my brother would have an X-Men figure that he would buy. And then he would have one that they bought for me because I wasn't invited to go with them. One time he got, (laughs) I, I don't ask me, I have no idea why. One time he got Wolverine. And then they gave me, um, they gave me Professor X. Was this the Professor X that was in the like golden wheelchair? Yeah, where he had, a, he came with like a little gun that you could put inside the well, chair. Arm. Gun for no reason, right? Like, why did Professor X have a gun in his chair? Yeah, I had and, that toy. <laughs> see, and yeah, that's like what I got. And then one time, I think he got Sabretooth to go with this Wolverine, and then my mom picked out Shatterstar for me mainly because he had orange hair and she's like oh he has orange hair just like adam and like when i when i got it like you look at this figure he has shoulder pads he has a like a belt he has dual swords and then he had orange hair and i'm like i like this guy like i actually appreciated that figure that my mom got me (laughs) that's hilarious yeah so that, that was my introduction and from that moment on like whenever i'd see a comic with him on the cover when i was little i would buy it and over the years like i was I was always telling people like, I love Shatterstar. And they're like, who's that? And I'm like, oh, let me tell you. And yeah, my, my interest in Shatterstar never like gave out. I have um, I have both of his single, I guess his um, title role, like there's X4 Shatterstar and there's Shatterstar, like his own individual comic series. I have both of them and I have all of his major appearances and single issues as well. Yeah, that is awesome. And it sounds like when you're talking about like, um, Who's Shatterstar? And you saying, well, let me tell you. That sounds like me with Captain Canuck. Exactly. (laughs) Who's Captain Canuck? Well, I'm glad that you asked. I didn't ask. Well, I'm going to tell you anyways. I think a lot of people are going to be familiar with Shatterstar from the Deadpool 2 movie, which makes his first movie appearance, which you would think would boost his popularity, but... No, because they, if you, have you seen this movie yet? Okay, so I told you I was going to watch the movie to help research for this podcast, but I lied to you because I didn't. 
Yeah, there's only like two real scenes with Shadowstar in it. There's his interview where he's being interviewed for, I think they called it X-Force in the, in the movie. He's being interviewed for the group. And then when they go on their first mission together, and that's really all you need to see. The first one, he yeah. in, gets interviewed, joins the group. The second scene is him and all of X-Force jump out of the back of, I think it was like a, a plane. And Shatterstar lands into helicopter blades and gets chopped up and killed. <laughs> I saw that like when I looked at, looked up the movie and I was like, it talked about him getting killed and how he gets killed. And I was like, so it's basically a joke. Like he's, this isn't a great way for him to, to go out. No. And I remember I told on a different um, podcast, but I remember when uh, my friend Connor was at the theaters, he knew how much I love Shatterstar and he saw Deadpool two in theaters. So when that happened and he got killed right away, Connor burst out laughing in the movie theater and nobody else was laughing, <laughs> but him. <laughs> hilarious yeah and he's just like oh man i can't wait to talk to adam and i hadn't seen it for like i think two months until like after the theaters and so i finally texted him and i'm like oh my god shatterstar no and he's just like oh i've been waiting for this text message for months <laughs> and the best part is that he didn't he didn't say anything to give away how it's what's going to happen you yeah. know like it's not like he's like oh you should watch the movie shatterstar's in it you know and you'd be like oh wait maybe something uncool happens I assume that he was wishing that he could have been right beside me to see the Ralph Wiggum like heartbreak as he <laughs> tells him like we're not like I'm not. This is the girl. exact moment his heart broke. Exactly. <laughs> My girlfriend got to see it and I was just like no, and it was like la- laughing, crying at the same time like why? Like it's hilarious, but holy shit! And they did action figures for Deadpool too. You had Deadpool, Domino, Cable, and Negasonic Teenage Warhead, but no Shatterstar, which I would have bought. Yeah. Well, obviously, if he's not good enough to die a good death and if he just gets thrown into some helicopter rotors. Oh, I'm so, so disappointed. <laughs> maybe they could have put out, maybe they'll put out like a pop figures, pop vinyl set that's him in mid-death scene in the in the uh, helicopter. Oh, that'd be great. When I talked to the people um, at Funko at my works conference, because they come there, um, I did mention to them, it's like, hey, we need to get more 90s movies. And I'm like, we, we need Waterworld, Hackers, Highlander. You could do Highlander <laughs> ones where their heads are like decapitated as chases. And they're like, that's a great idea. And I'm like, please do it. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to do all of those ideas. And you're real responsible for saving Funko, but you don't get any credit. No, I would definitely buy the Waterworld, like the Funko rides. If they did the Mariner and the Trimoran, I would buy that. You would buy anything that said Waterworld. It's true. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be about the movie. You just go around buying things that have the words Waterworld together. I've been looking for the trading cards, but nobody ever has them. <laughs> no. People are like, get to the get to the slabs on Shadow. Get to Star. the good stuff. This is it's called first and cameo, not talk about your toys. <laughs> All right. So the first slab that I had was New Mutants 99. Oh, that's the that's on my list. It's not the first slab I had, but go ahead. Should I switch to a different slab? Because I, I might have a different slab that might be your first slab. I put them in I put them in release order. I don't know what order you put them in. Is that uh, New Mutants Annual 6? That is. That is my first one. All right, so let's start with that one then. Okay, you have that one as well? I have that one as well, yes. Awesome. I guess we should double check. I, I picked five slabs. How many did you pick? I have three slabs and one, one comic, not a slab. Okay, so I yeah, I have also one extra one, which is like my honorable mention that had no, no slabs information whatsoever that I could find. Yeah. New Mutants Annual 6. See, the CGC notes say Marvel Comics 1990. Uh, Louise Simonson and Peter David Story. Terry Shoemaker and Chris Woz- Wozniak Art. Rob Liefeld and Scott Williams cover. First appearance of Shatterstar. Fantastic Four appearance. Pinups by Rob Liefeld. Is that what you got? Yeah, Shatterstar appearance in pinup. Because it's not... It's not yes. a story. Like I have this this annual. It's not a story. It's just like a roster picture of like I think it's everyone who's going to be in the ec- upcoming X Force. Like I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah. So it's it's just and Shatterstar doesn't even look like he doesn't look as Shatterstar ish <laughs> as he does in New Means Ninety Nine. He looks more like David Bowie. Really? Yeah. It's not a great picture of him, but yeah, that's definitely um 
I guess I guess that's technically his first appearance if you're doing non like comic canon. So does that count? Does a does a pinup count as a first appearance? Does that Hellboy count that we talked about? Uh, no, but that wasn't a pinup. No, that was art on a poster on the wall of a panel. That's so far removed from from even a pinup. So this gets into the the territory of like Spawn because Spawn was first revealed in Rust number one, not a Spawn comic, but and then that's the whole thing with the Marvel previews and whatnot. So the, I would say this this is an appearance because it's not in comic form. It's an advertisement. So I would say this would be Shatterstar preview in pinup by Rob Liefeld. And that's what I would say. It's not an appearance. It's a preview. Okay, but they don't... CGC doesn't have a note that says preview. No. Like Shatterstar preview in pinup. And I mean, I don't know. This one's... This is a tough... Because this goes beyond even a cameo where whether you argue whether a cameo... I suppose if we're going to argue whether or not a cameo actually counts as a first appearance, then a pinup definitely doesn't count. No, right? it doesn't. This is no different than getting a copy of the previews and saying this is the first appearance of X character. Of Spider-Man it? Miles Morales. <laughs> first appearance of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Previews number 227. $900. It's like, okay. Because it's not... Seeing the character visually for the first time is not outside of a story, is not an appearance, right? I agree. Like, otherwise, you could just have a, I, maybe there's a photo of, maybe there's a photo of somebody dressed up as Spider Man before the first Spider Man comic came out. And you're like, well, that's actually the first appearance of Spider Man because there's a photo of a guy who is dressed like Spider Man. Doesn't count. It's got to be in a comic, it's got to be in a story. It has to be in the story. It has to be a, at least one panel in the actual story, the meat of the book. This is just an av- not even an advertisement. This is just, I think it was just like an editorial piece talking about like their plans for the future. And they they have a picture of Cable and all of his, I was going to say goons, all of his goons and Shatterstar's <laughs> there with them. <laughs> like that doesn't count as their appearance. That's That's a marketing, that's a marketing page basically. And yeah, like an advertisement shouldn't count. Yeah, CGC does say Shatterstar. See, but they even just say appearance. Shatterstar appearance in pinup predates New Mutants 99. So even they technically don't know how to to, to word it because it doesn't say it's his first appearance because it's just saying it's an appearance. Yeah. Now, and like in the uh, the 80s, DC did a lot of, uh, previews in the back of their comics. Like I have, I think, New Teen Titans 16. That's the first Captain Carrot. Okay. But there's like a 15, 16 page preview. It's of an actual comic. It's not like a picture of him in the back of the comic. And they're like, here's your preview. And this is the first appearance of the character. You know, like there's a, there's pretty much a whole story in there that they're previewing. That counts, but a roster shot of some characters she don't count nope the census let's talk about the census here mm-hmm. there is uh 69.8s 53 9.6s 22 9.4s and there is one amazing cgc ss 4.5 on the census <laughs> why i saw that and i knew i had to i knew i had to mention it Obviously, somebody just took their personal comic to, you know, a convention or whatever and got it signed. And they were like, well, who cares? It's my personal comic, you know? See, and I feel like if you're taking your comic that you bought off the newsstand or from the comic book store when it first came out, and it is in bad condition because it was your reader, and you get that signed, and you get it slabbed, one... You, it's it's a signature series it's on your wall too you can it's not like go to your friends i bought this comic on ebay then i went to the convention got signed no you have a longer story where i was there i picked this comic up in 1990 i read it in my bedroom i lent it to this friend like you have stories for that book and then i went to a convention and got mr liefeld to scribble his name on the cover and be like that'll be 90 dollars. and then a guy got slapped while he's there that's great instead of being like i bought it on ebay yeah but i Hopefully mean that guy didn't sell it afterwards but (laughs) 
I mean, and I don't, it doesn't say who it's signed by. So for all we know, it could be signed by uh, Stan Lee or something, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody likes to get Stan Lee uh, autographed stuff. So, um, that's, but that's yeah, we true. would hope it's signed by Rob Liefeld or, or Peter David, you know, Peter David out of that list of, of creators is a pretty good one. So Dan did the census. I started looking at the census a little bit too. The only extra note that I took is that there are 198 total cgc books of new mutants annual number six okay while i was looking um i did pull up an ebay listing i changed it up instead of looking for ones that have sold i now have ones that you can buy at this moment unless they've already sold (laughs) okay okay so uh, i did what dan told me i'm looking at 9.8s there is a 9.8 cgc up there for 159 dollars and 65 cents buy it now or best offer with $33 shipping and 22 import fees, US dollars. The biggest thing is there are no CBCS or no PGX books on eBay sold or for sale for this one. Because I think this would be one that not a lot of people are sending in, even though we see there's almost 200 through CGC. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other than this possible first appearance of Shatterstar as a pinup, it there's nothing in this comic that's worth noting. No, unless you're trying to complete your New Mutants collection, like I was and still am, where I'm missing technically two books. That one I have though, so it's fine. <laughs> you're not a CGC completist. You don't have like there are there. I we should. It would be interesting to look up um, some of these runs on the CGC site because there are people who Marty and I, Marty and I collect CGC books, and you know we fight for the Captain Canuck. CGC registry award every year. I usually I've had the chapter house one for the last three or four years, and he always has the classic Captain Canuck one because he has way more uh, way more money than I do to buy all those old nine point eights. You know, there's a lot of pride in people getting a full run or having the most CGC copies of a of a certain title to get that little certificate. And I wonder if anybody has all the new mutants from one to 100 plus the annuals that's a question we can't answer right now (laughs) no i know seeing a long like a while ago of um i'm sure everyone who follows like slabs would know who this person is there was a guy who has all of like the uncanny x-men up to date cgc i believe i don't know i think it was a 9.8 or it might have been like nine or higher i don't remember but they're like file and cabinets and i remember seeing that picture online be like you they're just stored away, but like that's amazing. You have all of them. I hope they're insured as well. Like, what's the point of having them in a filing cabinet? Oh, well, he had like four filing cabinets because you have like literally almost X Men's probably up. Is it near a thousand now? Yeah, I was gonna say like you know it was at like five hundred, fifteen, twenty years ago. And with legacy numbering, who knows what Marvel did? <laughs> <laughs> that legacy numbering is gonna be really hard on that filing cabinet. Oh fuck! It, it definitely will be. <laughs> All right, do you want to jump to our next title? Yep, go ahead. That is, that should for me it's New Mutants number 99. Same. All right. What are the details for that because you you have more notes than I do. You mean you just don't want to say the writer's name. That's why you're pushing this one on me. Oh, the writer's name is Fabian I already forget after looking at I apologize. I look at this and then I, I watched a video of a guy saying it. I'm like, I still can't say it. I mean, we watched the video, but we don't even know if he pronounced it correctly. No. He, he could have pronounced it wrong. He, the person did not correct him. That's like um, Charlize Throne, where she was on a uh, late night show where they asked her, how do you say your last name? And she said it with an accent and it sounds like Throne. He's like, I thought it was Theron. She's like, you say whatever you want, but she's like, it's Throne. No comment. <laughs> That's why I'm glad to have a very easy to say last name. Collins. <laughs> Mispronounce it, damn you. Mispronounce it. Clins? <laughs> Mr. Clins? So what are the details for this book? <laughs> so Marvel Comics 391, March 1991, Rob Liefeld and Fabian Nisiaza story. Rob Liefeld cover and art. First appearance of Feral, Sunspot Leaves. First appearance of Shatterstar in cameo on last page. X-Men issue 138 cover homage. So this is the 
kind of first appearance of Shatterstar. This is great that it is a first in cameo. How fitting. First in cameo for the first in cameo show. Oh, uh, and it's, they don't even mention, I'm surprised in the notes they don't say like, they don't mention the um, New Mutants annual number six. But this one, yeah, I guess he does show up in the last page. I, I, I meant to go through my comic boxes, but they're all stacked on top of each other because I have those BCW uh, black bins. And I'm like, I don't know what bin these are in or else I would actually dig them out. And I just don't have the patience <laughs> to pull it out so I could see what the last um, page looked like. But yeah, this is Shatterstar's, I guess, technical first. Well, you you should have told me because I have a I have a big, fat, old X-Force omnibus that I tried to sell you at the beginning of the pandemic and you didn't want. <laughs> and uh, so I read this issue and New Mutants 100 and I could have sent you a picture of his cameo. Oh, how is it? How does it look? Describe it for our listeners. It's a it's a decent. Okay, when we're talking about cameos, what did we say previously? Makes something a cameo. Like if the character. Okay, because this is literally he's in the story for the very last panel of the entire book. It's a half page panel, so it's a you know pretty decent visual representation. However, he's unconscious and on the floor. He doesn't speak. <laughs> There's nothing in it at all. It doesn't say his name. It just shows him a, a picture of him unconscious on the floor. That so <laughs> that reminds me of um when I was collecting. Well, I, I still am. As I was collecting Sugarman appearances in comic books, your favorite character of all time. Yes, my favorite, my, one of my favorite villains of all time. <laughs> there um was a listing of this book. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna grab it. Sugarman's in it. And then as I'm going through it, I'm like, where, where is Sugar Man? And then I found out that Sugar Man is in a computer monitor, much like Nick Fury was <laughs> for the Spider-Woman that we did last <laughs> nice. week. Yeah, and I was just like, nice. oh, there's Sugar Man. And I totally forgot that at that time or else I would have mentioned it last week. But yeah, it was just like Sugar Man's head. And I think it was when Beast was asking for help on how to get mutants back. And he had just hundreds of monitors. So he had like a bunch of good guys. And he had a bunch of like evil geneticists, like Sinister, Sugar Man, Mojo, just people like to, to try and get their help to bring in mutants back. But anyways, yeah. So does, does Sugar Man actually talk in that episode, that issue? Not that one's just a picture of him, of, of like, um, I, would, I wouldn't even say it's a picture of him. I think it was like a silhouette as well. So, you know, the famous like Days of Future Past like cover or whatever like where it's got like the all the mutants faces and says like killed murdered uh missing whatever you know yeah. you know that image so that's like saying that all of those count as an appearance by those characters yeah i, I would say no well that's the same with hellboy where it's like no it's just a picture in the background it doesn't count like that's like your sugar man is basically is just it's just a an image of his face and has nothing to do with the character at all. Well, to be fair, it was a live feed in comic form. <laughs> it, it was a live feed. <laughs> now I'm even more confused. How can there be a live feed in comic form? Because first appearance in live feed on comic form. That's the new name of our show. Oh my God. It's true. So for this one, the CBCS notes. Um, Skipping was, back to uh, being on top, okay? <laughs> I'm going to jump back. It was very similar to CGC's. It's first first appearance of Feral, first appearance of Shatterstar in Cameo, Sunspot leaves team. And that's it. They don't mention the X-Medge. Well, the X-Medge cover. <laughs> X-Medge. <laughs> yeah, they don't mention I the cover. That. So yeah, th this is technically, I guess, the first appearance of Shatterstar in Cameo, but like it's it's his first appearance in the comic in story form, even if he's just laying there unconscious on the ground. Okay, so let's talk about our next comic, and then we'll come back to this. Oh, I was going to say, did you want to do the census? Absolutely. 205 9.8s, 103 9.6s, 49 9.4s. What I can contribute is that there are 428 total CGC issues of um, this issue. Okay. And for eBay listings... Uh, currently, when I wrote down my notes, there was a 9.8 CGC, buy it now for 134 Canadian with $25 shipping and a 9.8 signature series CBCS for 255 buy it now or best offer with 38 Wait, are we being paid by, are we being <laughs> by paid eBay. by um, eBay and stuff? 
shit i hope we're getting kickbacks i'm advertising well, i'm not giving links there's gonna be no show links it's just telling you what they're going for right now what people are asking and i think that was um the lowest price i looked up as well so these comics can be yours for the low low price of what i just said <laughs> it turns out they're all links to your your ebay account oh my god could you imagine <laughs> you're selling these and pretending that there's somebody else selling them and then advertising them on the show <laughs> you're you're nefarious all right so the next is new mutants 100 obviously marvel comics from april 91 fabian Niciaza story rob liefeld art uh first appearance of x-force first appearance of shatterstar last issue for cbcs it is listed as first appearance of x-force domino Shatterstar and Farrell joined the team last issue. So first appearance of X-Force, Domino, and Shatterstar. Domino, however... Fake Domino. Wasn't fake Domino in 98, though? I don't know. Yeah, yes, th- because that's... The the um, CBC, the CGC notes say, like, first appearance of Copycat is Domino or something, right? Yeah. So who knows which Domino is in this? It doesn't matter. It's CBCS. <laughs> they can't even get it straight. Um, now, sorry, skipping back to 99, I had a little plot. Usually I like to, to say what the plot of these comics is. Yeah. The plot I wrote down is Cable's bad attitude chases away a bunch of characters. Farrell makes her first appearance. And in the final panel of the book, there's a cameo from Shatterstar. So does that sound about right? Yeah. What is it? I'm trying to remember because I've read it. Is it that Shatterstar was breaking into like Cable's spaceship or into? Nope. He's in the danger room in the X X mansion or whatever. Okay. Now we can get into the the plot from this issue though. Issue 100, which is that um, this is the extremely, extremely stereotypical introduction of a new character. Shatterstar is in their space. They all fight him until they realize they need to team up to fight some other bad guys who are attacking them. Mm-hmm. Like just the most stereotypical introduction of a character. I think that <laughs> that, that is usually what happens. Usually what happens is they are fighting like a little bad guy and that little bad guy might turn into a good guy and then they fight a bigger bad guy. So they started fighting Shatterstar in this first? Yeah, Shatterstar... Uh, slips through the dimensions or whatever and ends up in a danger room and he's being attacked by like the danger room and fighting and then cable and domino and some other characters come and try to talk to him and they attack him and then he attacks them and they fight and fight and fight and then shatterstar gets knocked out and then that's when a bunch of other bad guys appear who are coming to try to take shatterstar back and so they all team up to fight those bad guys Let's just point out that it took three people to take out Shatterstar, showing how much of a badass he is. Sure. <laughs> if you say so. I mean, he is he is a, what, genetically grown to be a warrior or something? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think one of the, um, one of his traits is that his bones are hollow, which means he can move around faster. Kind of like, they, they say that he's like a bird because birds have hollow bones, which allows them to fly. So I think that he's supposed to have hollow bones, which makes him very light. Okay, that doesn't explain um, the panel in my omnibus on page 59, where it shows all of the characters looking like they're flying, even though none of them, only one of them has flying powers. <laughs> so I'm confused by that. That's Liefeld doing his thing. <laughs> like there's the panel literally, it's a small rectangular panel at the bottom of the page, and it's got five characters five characters in it and the shatter stars unconscious and being carried over one of their shoulders and nice. none of them there's no floor it's just like they're in space with some color behind them I'm like and you guys don't fly like only cannonball flies out of this group so weird i had some thoughts on this comic as well which is it's possibly the ugliest cover on a comic book ever what do you think about that oh the number one with all the hundreds in the background blue and white well, there's there's three different printings of it. I have all three. The blue and white does not look good. I think there's a, a golden white or a silver and white where the gold or the, the white is the full background and then the gold and the silver is the text. But the blue text or the blue wall of uh, color and the white text, is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, that is ugly. Yes, I agree. It's just so unappealing. The white background version looks much better. <laughs> 
My other note that I had is that typically I've enjoyed Fabian's writing, but when I read reread these comics, like the dialogue is trying so hard to be cool that it's embarrassing. And then I was like, it's, but it's also been 30 years and I feel old. So maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's life held in the back going like, make it more extreme, make it cooler. <laughs> like, like um, some of the characters just, and even, even Shatterstar is using like contemporary dialogue that is you know like contemporary slang for the 90s which is ridiculous you're introducing a character who's never been to earth and he's using he's using some some quips that you know the other characters are as well for a like yeah for a futuristic character you're as 90s as 90s can be although he does have a few good insults like calling them tough mojo kissers and stuff (laughs) but yeah there's a couple there's a, I think Boom Boom, the character Boom Boom, she's just terrible, horrible. Yeah. All of her dialogue is just ridiculous. I think like Jubilee is budget Boom Boom almost. Jubilee is budget Boom Boom. Who did Boom Boom come first? Oh yeah, Jubilee was made up for the, um, oh, am I going to get that wrong? I, I feel like she was made up for the TV show, but that's incorrect. I, I don't remember. Morph was made up for the TV show. Um, Jubilee, uh, Jubilee was like the replacement for, technically for Dazzler. Because they had basically the same powers. But Jubilee reminds me of a shitty Boom Boom as well. And Boom Boom's not even a good character, so. No. Um, So for the census for this one, there was one 9.9, 1,322 9.8s, 858.9.6s, and 369.4s. So you can see that it is a popular comic to slab. Yeah, the first printing had 2,998 slabs. And then the second printing had 142, and the third had 204. And I know from the first printing, the census, um, the one that I got a kick out of is that um, for, was it 9.8, 6, and 4, there were a few restored issues. (laughs) But I'm like, who's restoring these? Maybe they didn't know when they sent them in that somebody restored them but that could be like what they count pieces of tape and if you restapled it as being restored correct yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but even still if you restapled your comic or if there's tape on it why are you sending it in it's true i restapled my comics a ton when i was a little kid <laughs> you're a monster because you when when you were like i'm thinking grade five so what's that like i don't even know what age group that is but in grade five i would read 10 or comics. 11 yeah, I would read my comics so much that the pages would start falling out, falling out of them. So I would restaple them at school because I don't think, think I had a stapler at home because why would you? <laughs> but yeah, I would walk up to the teacher's desk and I would ask permission, can I staple my comic book back together? And she's like, yeah, for sure. And I would take it and I would staple it in the sense that the, it's closed back to front and I would staple it as close to the edge as I could on the, <laughs> on the cover of the comic. <laughs> oh uh, so it wasn't even open in a staple in the proper space no because um if you the stapler wasn't long enough to do that which i did do that in the past and what you would do is you would open it and then you would take the the first um, like you would take the cover of it and then you'd fold it in half and then slide that under the stapler to staple it in the middle of the book yep yeah, <laughs> I had uh, with uh, when I released the first batch of Tractor Lad comics, they were all just uh, printed from a file at at Staples, and you know, in black and white. And so I would just have a, I just had a regular staple, and so I would bend half the comic just as much as I needed to, so I could get the stapler into the middle, cram two staples in, and then like press it down to try to get rid of the waviness. <laughs> and I'm a professional. <laughs> It's okay. The the eBay listings for this book, it's interesting. The both of them are gonna be 9.8. CGC is buy it now for 173 or best offer with $40 shipping and 23 US dollars import fees. The CBCS is 95 or I guess $96 buy it now or best offer and 37 shipping handling with $15 US import fees. So it's not an expensive book. And I think that might be because there are almost 3,000 of them out there of something that's, I guess, just a landmark because we're closing the saga of the New Mutants. Also, like, Shatterstar is not a character that's going to demand a lot of money on this first appearance. And does the first appearance of X-Force count? Like, is that a, like, how, how does, how does a team first appearance work? Does it matter if they've all appeared previously 
individually that now they're suddenly a team? Well, I know that for New Mutants itself, the New Mutants first appeared in a, I think it was like, I want to say a trade paperback, but I think it was, it was like a one-off. Like a, a true graphic novel. Yes, a true graphic novel. That's what it was. It was in a tr- graphic novel first, and then they got their own series afterwards. So like I have- That was uh, God Love Man Kills, right? Well, that's X-Men, God Loves Man. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was X-Men. If I, I'm wrong, cut that from the show. <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> called New Mutants. I, I don't remember the subtitle for it. But yeah, so I think at the, like like I said, I didn't reread this. Dan did, but I think at the end, was it just like Cable standing with his team being like, we're the X-Force and that's it? The, okay, let's. I have my thing right in front of me because I was like, this may come in handy. <laughs> and literally, literally, yeah, there's one. There's there's another panel. Okay, two two or three pages away. Okay, 10, 15 pages later, in the exact same positioning as the previous panel I was complaining about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the same panel size at the bottom. It's the whole team. There's Feral, uh, Shatterstar, Boom Boom, Cable, um, Domino, uh, characters whose name I forget, and another character whose name I forget. And they're standing there. And one of the characters says, take Professor Xavier's dream and fight for it. And somebody else goes, an X-Force? A little crude, but it's got some possibilities. Like, also, that's that's how you're giving your team the, na- the name, that you're a force and you're naming yourself X after Xavier. So you're the X-Force? Terrible mm-hmm. name. Terrible name. They're the they're the Batman team of the Marvel Universe. And we're just outlaws at this point. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> oh, um, how did they like? How did they um show themselves as a team? Yeah, so there's a one panel. Yeah, one panel of them standing standing there. Um, also notable in this issue is that Cable just stone cold murders a Morlock, shoots him in the face, <laughs> and it's nothing gets said about it. Nice. Like he literally shoots a Morlock in the face, and he's dead on the ground, and and then. Like, because the Morlocks came to try to take Feral back. And yeah, he just shoots one in the face and then says, get out of here to the rest. And they run, like even mentioned. Nobody even says, like, I don't think that was necessarily necessary. They're just like, okay. Maybe Cable Cable had his gun set to stun. Uh, I mean, it is possible. It is possible. However, like the characters lying on the ground with the part where he got shot off screen. So you can't see like big hole in him or anything, but his mouth is wide open looking dead. (laughs) And the other characters seem very shocked. So like the other Morlocks, Mm -hmm. the good guys, whatever. Anyways, if it's not in the CGC notes that he murdered him, I guess it doesn't count. Nope. (laughs) Phaser set to stun. Murder. Murder only counts if it's noted by the CGC. <laughs> so for my next book, I'm was that it for your CGC? Now you just have um a non Yes. Okay. So for my next book, you can let me know if it's um it, it's not going to be for your non-noted one since I have a note for it. It is oh, I also don't have as many notes for like who wrote it, who drew it, all that Uh-oh. stuff. Like, I know. <laughs> um it is Wolverine number 54. Published by Marvel, May 1992. Okay. For CGC notes, I have Shatterstar and Rogue appearance, Cannonball cameo. (laughs) (laughs) And then for CBCS, we have Shatterstar cover and appearance, Rogue appearance, Cannonball cameo. This book, I own it. The reason why I purchased it, because I believe the background of the cover is red. And then you have Wolverine and Shatterstar kind of like engaging each other on the cover. And I'm like... Yeah, man, Shatterstar's can kick Wolverine's ass. And this is one of the notable, <laughs> yeah, Shatterstar stories where Shatterstar and Wolverine get into a tussle. Basically, Wolverine ends on top, unfortunately. He beats Shatterstar, but not to the point where it's it's a clear outcome. Shatterstar comes close, though. Does he really? Yeah. Does he really? And I, I do have a CGC census for this as well. For 9.9, there is one. 9.8, there is 86. 9.6, there was eight. 9.4, there was two. There is 98 total slab copies available through CGC. Because we live in the internet age, I was able to quickly pull up that is a Fabian Nisaza 
story and Derek Robertson and Don Hudson art, Derek Robertson and Joe Rubenstein cover. There you go. Thank you guys for making a great comic because <laughs> I enjoy it and I own it. <laughs> and yeah, the cover, the cover looks, the cover is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's, um, I think it even has like a little banner in the top right corner. It says Shatterstar or something. And now Shatterstar. Yeah. Well, Shatterstar and Wolverine is stick each other with their blades. <laughs> this one, this is available on eBay, maybe right now. The CGC 9.8 is $70. Buy it now with $33 shipping, $11.50 USD import fees. CBCS 9.8 for $81 buy it now or best offer with $25 of shipping fee. So the CBCS, I think this was the first, um, maybe one of the first times where it costs more for some reason, but they do have a best offer. So if you want to get a CBCS, you can get it for cheaper. Or if you're watching this within the next seven days, there's an auction up for one in Canada starting at $54.99. Really? $25 shipping. Yeah. For for the CGC. That's the one that I pulled up when I was searching this. So that must've been put up after I looked up. Yeah. Go grab that. It's a nice cover. Is that 9.8 as well? 9.8. Yeah. Or I mean, you can just buy a raw cover for $1.89. Yeah. It's it's not an expensive comic whatsoever. And let's, let's talk about this. There is a cannonball cameo. Okay. I wish they dug this out because I, I want to know what do they mean by cameo? Is he on one page? Maybe. Yeah. See, th- the way that I look at a cameo is you are in the background. You are not acknowledged. That's a cameo. So if Cannonball is just kind of like in the background, but I'm assuming that there's going to be more characters than just Wolverine, Rogue and Cannonball in this story. I hope so, because that'd be kind of boring. Yeah. So what's the point of the cameo notation then, right? Yeah. Like, is this for like uh, all those Cannonball collectors? Like, I need to get all my Cannonball comments. <laughs> cannonball collectors do they <laughs> exist outside of military groups that's true if you're a cannonball collector please email us at a kind of garbage at gmail.com and let us know what was um i think that was you know what i only i lied i only had four cgc books and then i have one non-cgc yeah okay so is this your you got a non-cgc one now oh you know what no i lied i lied i lied it is a cgc book i'm an idiot. adam the liar there's just no notes for it. That was what it was. Okay. And then you can look up um, who did all the work for it since I wrote <laughs> that down. <laughs> Sounds great, buddy. Sounds awesome. great. So this is X Factor number 259. This was published by Marvel September 2013. So like I said, the CGC key comments was there were none. The census is that there is one copy slabbed at a 9.8. It's just a universal grade standard issue. Now, the big thing about this is, um, (laughs) well, before I get into the online comments about the title, this is on eBay, not the graded one, obviously, but just you can get this for, I think it was as low as like $8 and this like seller graded it at a 9.6. So take that what you will. The online comments are as followed, which it's a lot. Are you ready, Dan? I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Shatterstar origin revealed long shot first appearance chronologically origin <laughs> revealed infant Shatterstar first appearance chronologically birth spiral first appearance chronologically <laughs> so those are the notes you do get to witness shatter well you don't get to see him popping out of his mom who's dazzling <laughs> but <laughs> this is wait his mom is dazzler yes <laughs> and his father i don't know a- anything about this character okay so we, we can get into this issue. This is a big issue where they finally like let you know who Shatterstar is because it, I don't want to say it was a Wolverine type thing, but you're like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Because nowhere, he just magically appears one day. Shatterstar is the son of Dazzler and Longshot. Now, with that said, in this issue, I'm going to try and remember it correctly. Shatterstar is captured by Mojo. Mojo takes Shatterstar's DNA and uses it to genetically engineer Longshot. Longshot and Dazzler later on have a baby who is Shatterstar, who is saved by Shatterstar and Richter. (laughs) Does this make sense? (laughs) No. This is some Doctor Who paradoxes here. Yes. Shatterstar is his own... Like, Shatterstar's dad is a genetically modified version of himself. 
So it's a grandfather it. paradox. And I didn't know that when I got into Shatterstar, but knowing that you're like, this is fucking great. Shatterstar isn't even like, who's his dad? It's himself technically like amazing. Like you, as I say, you can't write this stuff, but Marvel definitely did. Do you have the notes for who actually wrote this story? Because when I see him, I just like, if I ever get to see him, I'm going to ask him like, what were you thinking? I couldn't find anything. Oh, I couldn't no. find anything because uh, <laughs> I was looking up the CGC, the CGC notes. And since there's only one graded copy, it's not on eBay. No, you have to look at the census for it. Yeah, so no. I, I'm not going to risk dropping our whole our whole show to look up the census. No. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's a really interesting book. The cover of it is amazing. It's Shatterstar on one side, Longshot on the other. Well, like they're kind of like back to back, but they're kind of mirrored. So they have the same exact pose, just opposite. Behind them, I'm trying to remember now, behind them, I'm pretty sure Mojo is there and it's all the TV screens. And it's actually a really well done cover. And now you said this issue is from 2013? I believe so, yes. X-Factor 259. He he was a character for 22 years before they revealed his origin. Fuck yeah, Wolverine style. <laughs> like, that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, they, they revealed his his regular origin and that's the other thing too is the new mutants night uh new mutants 100 doesn't say like shatterstar origin just first appearance even though he says hey my name is shatterstar and i'm from mojo's world and i'm here to do blah 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 like that's is that not his origin right yeah what's his actual name again his his non-code name oh boy i can't even i look at it and i'm like yep those are words Those are words. I don't, I had it somewhere, but I don't know if I have it still or if I just deleted it. Yeah, I I erased it from my notes. I'm like, I'm not going to bother trying to say that. Yeah, because I probably deleted it. Yeah, because I was like, not on your life. All right. So what is your next, what is your non-slabbed issue? Because then it might be my non-slabbed issue, but we'll see. We can both talk about them together. (laughs) My non-slabbed issue is X-Factor Volume 3, Issue 45. That's my non-slobbed as well. Yep. The first kiss between Richter and Shatterstar. Yep. First on panel, male-male kiss between two mainstream male superheroes in a mainstream Marvel comic book. <laughs> yeah. So that's, and that's a pretty epic, epic moment in comics, right? Yeah. And you have Strong Guy at that, like with them, like reuniting with them. And then they start kissing and then Strong Guy goes, oh, I didn't see that coming. I haven't read this issue. So I don't, I don't know what happens in the issue. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a great issue. There's like X factor gets really good at this point. I hate the logo of it, which doesn't really matter. I just, I hate the, the logo on the comic, but Shatterstar is currently in like his outfit and his haircut is also what I deem the worst. He has very, (laughs) he has short hair, like short as me basically. And then he has a white trench coat. And his swords are now like, they're not like standard handle swords. They're more like he's holding on to like, like a motorcycle, like handlebars. And then the swords come out of the side of the handlebars. And yeah, like, I don't like. That's awful. I don't like his swords. I don't like his costume. I don't like his hair. I'm like, no, no, give me Shatterstar with like the padded face mask. That's my favorite Shatterstar. Yeah. So I did. There's no issues of this. No, none of this, no copies of this uh, comic have been slabbed, which I think is kind of weird. Because when I looked up the census, issue 44 has some slabbed, issue 46 has some slabbed, but no issue 45s. And as we were talking about before, you know, like there's these people that like to get the entire run of a comic slabbed and be able to say that they've got the whole thing. And it's weird that the preceding and following issues are slabbed, but not the issue that actually has something important happen in it. And that is volume three? Yeah, because you found you didn't find any slabbed issues either, right? No, but for myself, when I looked up the census, which I'm doing right now, X Factor, what year was that? Don't ask me that. Okay, maybe I'm just an, maybe I'm just an idiot. God, I, I don't even know how they number this on the CGC website. Maybe I'm just horrible. I, basically, um, basically, I agree. It's so hard. Like, it doesn't say volumes. It just says the year they're released, right? Yeah. And so I was going by oh, okay. the fact that they talk about this being released in 2010 or 2011. So I was like, okay, which which series ran it at that time? Yeah, because I'm looking at um it now where 45 is not there between 46 and 44, but then it jumps yeah. from 49 to 200. And I'm so like, they just changed the numbering. Yeah, maybe. 
yeah, I, I don't understand. Maybe they just, yeah, who, who knows? I have no idea what they're doing <laughs> Yeah, at Marvel. Legacy numbering before legacy numbering was cool. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was my non-CGC. Like it's, I can't remember what the cover looks like. Like I have this book and I have no idea. I think it's a bad cover as well. There, there are a lot of great, um, Shatterstar and Richter stories next factor though so if, if you're if you want to watch two dudes running around together like read those books they're really good yeah so like there was some controversy obviously let's controversy that you wouldn't expect which is that Rob Liefeld was upset because the character is supposed to be asexual as in he's not attracted to to anybody because he's so alien and he's asexual so when Peter David wrote this issue and had him come out as being gay, there was some, some, uh, Rob Liefeld didn't like it. And Peter David said, well, I don't care if you don't like it. Which good. Fuck Rob Liefeld. They can, it's, it's a fictional (laughs) character. I don't think they ever declare that he was asexual to begin with. And then Rob Liefeld comments on like, no, he doesn't like anybody. It's like, dude, like leave it alone. It's a character that not many people talk about or probably even know. Like, let them do something with these two characters who have blossomed a relationship over time. Shatterstar could have been asexual, and then he found this man that he shared a connection with and bonded with him deeply. Yeah, and like, that's the, that was basically Peter David's explanation, was that prolonged, quote, prolonged exposure to Earth, end quote, and being around Richter changed how he felt, and he began to develop romantic feelings for the first time. Also, um, I have to bring in because Peter David, um, Peter David said in an interview that he took the inspiration for this, for his version of Shatterstar from Captain Jack Harkness from Doctor Who and Torchwood, who he describes as a swashbuckling, enthusiastic and sexually curious about anything with a, with a pulse. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you saw Doctor Who and you were like, yeah, fucking make him gay. I love Shatterstar now. <laughs> Shatterstar, we need a Shatterstar Doctor Who crossover. Oh my god. <laughs> Actually, that'd be funny if like um they have the Doctor enter the Mojo verse or something. Does BBC own all the rights to Doctor Who? Uh, yes. Has anybody tried to buy Doctor Who, the franchise, off of them? Uh, uh well, like, no, because you I don't think you can. I know back in the 90s, okay. The Doctor Who went off the air in 19. 19- uh 1989 i believe and in 1996 they brought it back for a tv movie that was produced by the bbc and fox and johnny depp was actually in talks to to be the doctor at that point because they wanted fox wanted an american doctor for their reboot of doctor who but then the movie they got a different guy paul mcgann who's british and the movie tanked and then it just never went anywhere. And Doctor Who faded into obscurity for another 10 years before they brought it back and it got big again. So for many years, that movie couldn't be released because of the weird rights issues because Fox was refusing to release it. Okay. So after that, I don't think the BBC is going to let anybody else touch anything to do with it. They're like ours. Let us destroy it. Give it to Fox and let them destroy it. Although that would make it, if it, they gave it to Fox now, it would be a Disney property. True. Oh, Disney would probably kill to have Doctor Who. Like, we want that. We want everything. But I don't, I don't think they would because Doctor Who, D- Disney as a company, isn't a company that likes to have a lot of non-traditional relationships in your face, shall we say. Uh, yeah, that's true. And Doctor Who is all about that. So I don't think Disney would want it. Well, I think that's all that we can talk about Shatterstar. He's not a very in-depth character, but I still love him. And hopefully Dan found something to love as well. (laughs) So Dan, next week, um, I guess not next week, but next episode, I have no idea when that's coming out in correlation to this one. Who are we going to be talking about? Next episode, we are going to dive into the uh, murky waters of Spider Gwen and all the spinoff characters she's produced recently. Which is going to be a lot of learning on my part, because I I know of the character, but I've never followed anything she's been in. Awesome. Everyone, thank you for listening, and be sure to check out our website, akindofgarbage.com, where you can find listings to all of our past and future episodes. If you have any fan mail or questions, comments, send them into a kind of garbage at gmail.com. 
You can find us on Twitter at A Kind of Garbage, on Facebook at A Kind of Garbage Pod, and also our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash A Kind of Garbage, where you can get a bonus podcast every other week where we talk about some shitty movie we watched. <laughs> Finally, you can find myself on Twitter at Presto Adam and with Dan Martin, Chris and Chris on the Hey Kids Comics radio show Friday nights at 8 p.m. on Trench Radio, 92.7 CFFFFM. Dan, where can people find you? People can find my music discovery podcast, Gather Round the Listening Post. That's round with apostrophe R on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify. Now, I didn't realize it, but you have to listen on Spotify. Spotify and Spotify Premium if you want to hear the full songs. Oh, the full songs. No, I don't have Spotify Premium. But yeah, I've listened to it. Everyone, go go listen, listen. (laughs) (laughs) With that said, I'm Anna Bishop. And I'm Dan Collins. And remember to get your signatures certified in person. (laughs) Hey, Adam, you know what really crinkles my comic? Oh, shit. What is it this time, Dan? Deadpool comic cards that come in the X-Force issue number that are selling for $200 online. Are we talking about Deadpool's rookie card? (laughs) How is this a thing? Did you do quotations around rookie? Deadpool's rookie card? Is that his first appearance on a trading card? Is this what is happening right now? Does that that even count? First appearance on a trading card. I have no idea. So stupid. I need to see one of these because you can get trading cards slabbed as well. And I need to see one of these in yep. the slab to see what the notes are for it. But yeah, people are not killing each other, but they're fucking killing each other to get a Deadpool card in an X-Force number one. There are thousands of X-Force number one, like sealed in dollar bins right now. I have a couple in my comic book boxes. My favorite is the one Facebook post that I saw that said it was a rare, it was rare to find the Deadpool card in the, in the comic. And even if, even if it is like technically, you know, two out of every 10 is in this comic, you know, that's still not rare when that comic has 20 million copies printed. So there's four different cards, right? I have no idea. I'm pretty sure there's four different cards. There's Deadpool, Shatter. I want to say one is Shatterstar, like oddly enough. And I don't remember who the other two people are. You don't know? You don't don't know? I I have an issue. I have issues in my box. I have no idea what cards they are. I know they're not Deadpool. I know that for sure. Because I remember um, Marty mentioning it to us that that book sold a lot because of the cards. And I'm like, do people care about the cards even back then? But I guess they did. And they do again now. What happened to make these cards suddenly popular? Because it's only been, we've only seen this take off within the past week. I'm, um... I'm 100% sure it's because of the grading companies are now doing cards. So they're they're figuring out, maybe they're doing their own census where they're figuring out what cards are the first cards of these characters. And then it, it's the marketplace. Like the market dictates how much something is worth. So if one person buys a card for a lot, people now think and believe that this is now worth a lot. So somebody sold this card for $800, let's say. Somebody sells it like, oh, I can get like, I'm not going to get that much. Maybe I can sell for 600 and somebody buys it. And then somebody's like, oh, that only sold for 600. It went for 800. So I have one I can sell for 700. And they create this market where people are believing that this is how much it's worth until the market gets flooded. The market hasn't been flooded yet. It's going to be, but right now, like to get, uh, I guess a high grade of this card might be harder unless you find these bag issues that nobody's opened. The cards are just like stuck in the back, sitting there in mint condition. You know what I would do? If this thing gets crazy, here's a, here's a get rich quick scheme for you. You buy a slab copy of X-Force number one with the Deadpool card. You mm-hmm. open the slab and take the card out because the card should be in mint condition as well. The card, wouldn't it be funny if the cards were selling for higher than the X-Force number one, 9.8s. Yeah, the um, I know the slabs. Do they say what card is inside them? I feel like they do for the notes. I'm not 100% sure, actually. Do I do I dare to open up my eBay so I can be flooded with more, hey, you're going to miss out on this item notifications? I mean, we're already seeing them all on the uh, all on the Facebook sites. Ugh, so ridiculous. I saw a Facebook post from a from an old friend that was like, it literally just said, 
if you've got old Marvel comic cards, you should dig them out because they're going for crazy prices. And I sent that to our group chat like five days ago and suddenly it's everywhere now. X-Force number one, 9.2 CGC for $44 or best offer, $27 shipping with card. It just says with card. Oh shit, where's the card? <laughs> oh, it's Shatterstar. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> when, I guess when he received it, they took the, they take the card in the bag off. So they debag it. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, the, the card will not be there, unfortunately. So the, it doesn't come. Yeah, because I'm looking at another one and it just says polybag removed. It doesn't say anything about the card at all. So maybe it depends on when it was slabbed. I'm just looking at one right now that has two bids at $10. It, this isn't CGC, but it, it does have the Deadpool card in the back and there's six days to go and it's at 10 bucks. We'll see where this goes. I'm going to add it to my watch list. Yeah, hopefully this person like hits the lottery based off of having just a, sh- a shitty book that nobody wanted, but there's a Deadpool card in there. So is this, well, we've, we talk about secondary markets. Is this now a third? Have we reached the, the third market here? You're buying a book to get the card, to sell the card? I, I, I assume this- be the first time. Didn't, I was going to say, did people buy the Marvel comics to get the stamps out of them to cut them out? Uh, I mean, possibly, possibly. It feels like we've just gone beyond parody now. I hate comic books and I hate what they've become. (laughs) And I hate podcasts about comic books too. 